Oh, the definitive proof that aren't even magic can shine ye old turd. When science fails, an age of lazy writing begins. On this episode of Watchbox. Welcome to WatchBots. This is Ben, and I'm joined by Shailen. Hello. How the hell are you? Super duper. How are you? Great, thanks. And also by Dave. I'm excited, guys. I'm excited, but a little upset. Why is that? We finally got ahead of a news cycle. Our last episode? Mm-hmm was Gumby. And we we took Shailen down a little bit. A we lot said, of it. Why did you choose Gumby? What possible relevance does this show have? And not a day later after we, we, we recorded, they announced that Gumby is going to be turned into a movie franchise. The media property Gumby has bought. So I'm excited. We got ahead of the news cycle, but I'm a little upset because it was Shailen stumbling into the news cycle. It was like, I was like, did she have some magic powers? Did she know? Was she in the know? You know, we gave Shailen a lot of shit for not knowing search engine optimization. And what she actually had was time travel, uh, search engine omniscience. That's <laughs> a different kind of SEO. <laughs> search engine clairvoyance. <laughs> You're welcome. It's a predictive Shailenitix. I just am glorying here, enjoying the fact that Glory. every once in a while, mm-hmm. I make a good choice. And instead of just being like, this is good, Dave's like, I'm upset. And Ben's like, I'm going to make more jokes about it. So there. I won this round, no matter your attitudes. You did. You did. We are also... Kind of ahead, maybe too far ahead. They announced uh, the Rescue Rangers cartoon is getting a movie starring Ooh. John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. And Chris Pratt. And Chris Pratt. Oh, sure. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Eric Bana uh, is in there. It looks it looks very good, but we've already done the Rescue Rangers episode. Mm-hmm. Who says we can't do another? There's several great episodes of that cartoon. That's right, but we're already <laughs> ahead of the game. It's true. It's already, already back in the back it. Oh, this feels awesome. Like they're just going to keep recycling properties and by virtue of just having recorded episodes on old cartoons, we are ahead of the game now. Mm-hmm. Finally. It took us 3 years, but we made it. Listen, you guys like to joke when I when I talk about the apocalypse and how we have value in the apocalypse because we can entertain the world. We spent a whole episode right? doing that that we can't revisit. What I'm saying is Sure we can. If if time 
marches on the way that it is will even have relevance prior to the true apocalypse. We're in like the almost apocalypse now, but right. like before that happens, we'll have relevance first. Well, we're practically gods. You know, it's interesting you bring up the apocalypse, Shailen, because oh dear. And it, like it fits in with this whole getting ahead of the game because we're in this fight between science and the magic of faith, mm-hmm. oh dear. you know, and that's what our cartoon is about. And if we're just a week or two ahead of the cataclysm, I wish our listeners could see your arms. Then right this now. <laughs> will release mere days before the bomb drops, as it were. Your arms are doing like a slam poet mm-hmm. thing, or it looks like you're trying to grasp a giant model of the solar system sun. Like I, I can't quite tell what 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 it is, but put the like earth trying to, trying on to my grab. shoulders. Yeah, right. So anyway, I want to hang up a giant fake solar system in our house, like a mobile system, so that when you're like batting your arms around, you're hitting planets. That's what he yeah, looks like. like. like it, a cat. It, it'd be funny. Yeah, like, it looks like a god trying to control. Yeah. Control the universe. A, a bit of magic and faith. We're talking about visionaries, knights of the magical light today. <laughs> a show everyone well, remembers. <laughs> a well-regarded, well-remembered cartoon from the the late eighties. So, Ben, this was your pick. Yes, correct. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> what do you mean? Tell us why. I just explained it in grand gestures. I appreciate that Band-Aid you just ripped off real quick, Shailen. The, You're the, welcome. It was worth it. The combat of science and magic. How'd you find visionaries? How'd you stumble into this one? Had the toys. Did you? Yeah, I had some of the toys. I couldn't tell you if I ever saw the cartoon before a couple weeks ago, but I, I definitely had some of the toys. They were G.I. Joe-sized. So they they played well with the G.I. Joes. Very colorful. They all had, you know, night costumes and bright pastels, just like the post-apocalypse would have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they all had a Superman-shaped crest on their chest and holograms, fucking holograms. Hmm. No, that's a toy. That's a toy. These toys were rad as hell. And I always had a fond memory for them. And whenever I would go back and think, what were those? And then I would find this show and go, I don't, I don't know what this is. And now it's time to find out. Yeah. So much excitement, much, <laughs> much thrill. Yes. And the 80s, especially, were full of just these cartoon properties that existed for the purposes of toy lines, right? Like we've talked about GoBots as my favorite, but this is very much in that vein where a toy company comes up with a kick ass toy idea, they slap together a cartoon around it, and mm-hmm. that's how you get things like Visionaries, colon, Knights of the Magical Light. Shailen, was was there a girl version of this? Like, I, like in the eighties, right? There was a very clear line between girl toys and boy toys. What, was there a, like a girl version of not not of visionaries, but like of a toy? Yeah, that was clearly made. We did a whole episode about My Little Pony, Dave. No, 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 no. It's like, still going like, strong. No, no, no. no. Like, vis- visionaries is a crappy show. Like, obviously, GoBots and Transformers exist, right? And like. You watch the cartoon and you play with the toys. But like, did you have a toy that you played with where the cartoon was absolute trash? I don't know how to truly answer that because I, that many of the toys that I had were like hand-me-down toys. I was never the cutting edge kid, like ever. They didn't make Lego cartoons until way later and they did a pretty good job with the Lego cartoons if I do say so myself. So, and that happened in my adulthood. So, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> no, that's that's true. So I'm sure that those things exist, but I never 
engaged with them, like strawberry shortcake, maybe. Uh, yeah, John, you couldn't sniff the visionaries. Okay, you couldn't smell the Oryx chapped leather hide. You couldn't smell the best the patchouli hair oil of dark storm. <laughs> it was a it was, rich. It was a rich <laughs> only deep universe shortcake. that Flynn Dilly created. I would like to um, pose a question: What does magic smell like? Hmm. One, two, three, go. It's got, a, it's got like a bit. <laughs> it's like a sweet dust. So yeah, old cum, I guess. The sweetest dust. And now we know the difference between the boy version and the girl version, because I was going to say cake or donuts. Yeah. No, that, that's, yeah. that's the raw version and like the sugar-coated version. Okay. You know? So in 80s terms, it's the boy version and the girl version. Yeah, raw. Yeah. They were making all those yeah. old cum toys in the 80s. That's right, Chalen. <laughs> Fucking. Absolutely. Yeah. And the biggest company making old cum toys was, of course, Hasbro. And they had this idea of making a combination science fantasy show, which is ironic because the whole show delights in telling you that science is dead. That message still carried through today, showing Visionary's great, great lasting legacy. And when you need something real ramshackle, you go to one man, you go to a gentleman named Flint Dilly. And we've talked about Flint Dilly in the past. Flint Dilly! We talked about him way back in our very first episode. He wrote the infamous G.I. Joe episode where Flint and Lady J <laughs> fought against toys and candy cane mountains <laughs> and shit like that. Uh, crazy the games stuff. master. <laughs> Flint Dilly also responsible for a million cartoons, but was a writer on Transformers the movie, was a writer for the Garbage Pail Kids, was a writer for An American Tale, he also did work in video games. He's friends with famed misogynist and comics and movies man Frank Miller. <laughs> to the point that Frank Miller named a character in 300 after Flint Dilly. I'm not joking around. You know what the character's name was? Is it no. Flint Dilly? You're actually close. Dave, you want to hazard a guess here? Flint Dillicus. Dillios is the character's name. <laughs> <laughs> so, played by uh, Gerard Butler. <laughs> and... Of late, Flint Dilly has written uh, Venom, oh, the horror movie from 2005. Weird. So, I don't know. Not the it. Tom Hardy. Right. That was that was the thick gag. Yeah. <laughs> Different yeah. movie. Oh, weird. <laughs> yes, and now I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> to, to put the the series of visionaries in context, it's a world where technology and prosperity reigned for seven thousand years. And then shit went bad, and the world immediately reverted to quasi-medieval times. And magic! And when all else fails, people just speak in like weird, funky, kind of British accents. That, that's kind of the story of the show. I'm, I'm going to break everything about this show in, mm -hmm. in about five seconds. You didn't need to have 7,000 years into the future happen. I agree, and I wrote that in my notes several times. <laughs> this, this could have been... Added nothing. This could have been a, a King Arthur cartoon, and it would have been fine. It would have been the same thing. It added a fun line or two of dialogue that will certainly be playing in a bit. But yes, uh, the world of the future certainly did not need to be there at all. Are you guys familiar with the, the book series, Roman Soldiers Don't Wear Wristwatches? No. <laughs> yeah, of course. So it's... Someone <laughs> was, with have Fear Street anthology? <laughs> it's... It's about like film flubs where like anachronisms take place. 
And so I posited when I was watching this cartoon that they went 7,000 years into the future just in case one of the writers accidentally slipped in something contemporary so they couldn't be cited as like, oh, but this is in the past and you took something from the future. Like that was a that was an insurance level. I think back then, I don't think they were concerned that three asshole podcast hosts were going to look back at their cartoons and be like, they completely misrepresented this time period. This didn't exist until 400 years later, obviously. You know, like we would. For a cartoon, like, that, I don't, as a kid, like, I never thought of that stuff. I just, like, I just wanted to see, like, knights fighting dragons or G.I. Joe's fighting Cobra or whatever. Well, as long like, as Dave didn't want to see it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> because it's insane to think that stuff when you're six years old. Listen. Shailen. <laughs> no personal attacks. They lived in a future city and then they lived in castles. It's fucking preposterous. It's really. But the castles appeared to be well insulated and lighted. So true. They had yeah. a good general contractor involved. But, but, but we'll get there. So much more to discuss. Because this is first and foremost a toy line, the characters are all these big broad strokes. So the good guys are called the Spectral Knights, and they're led by a gentleman named Leoric, who has a, a wonderful mustache. He looks like the old UFC fighter Don Fry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the bad guys here were the darkling lords who were led by dark storm and then you had the wizard not merlin but merklin merklin lazy not merlin one letter away from actually being... dave that's not true okay oh, merklin oh. is spelled m-e-r-k-l-y-n-n so that's like three okay. letters yeah. that's half the word they didn't have pubic wigs in seven thousand years when the elect when it went back to medieval times mm -hmm. as a person with a frequently misspelled lin i take umbrage with your assertion that it's one letter off i'm just saying i'm sorry that that won't happen again but just be thankful that you weren't closely your name isn't close to merkin uh, you should be thankful every day because of that I'm thankful every day that my name is not close to Merkin, but I yeah. will point out that Spellcheck frequently changes my name to Stalin. So to Merkin. Stalin's saying. bad. Yeah. But hashtag be grateful. Mm -hmm. I'm hashtag grateful. Makes you wonder how Merv Griffin had such a long career. Because his name's close to Merkin. Yeah. <laughs> See? <it's, laughs> makes you wonder. I think that's close yeah. by association yeah. more than spelling, but okay. Different I, I worked with the guy, the last name Merkin, and I just felt bad for him every time I, I heard his name come up in meetings. Was he a fake? <laughs> yeah, he's a big fraud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I enjoyed that. So, um, so the show and the comic book and the toy line were all being produced simultaneously. But the toys were complex, right? Because they had the holographs in their chest crests. I don't think they have an official name as well as their staffs. Chest crest. So the show and the comic came out at about the same time in 1987. And were not well received. So when the toys were ready almost a year later, the show was already off the air. <laughs> Hasbro <laughs> was planning a second season and a second line of toys. But because the show had failed... And then the toys came out to a show that was essentially dead and were also expensive and hard to produce. That was pretty much the end of that. Wasn't there a planned G.I. Joe Visionaries crossover at one point? Well, yes. I, I, I think I read that. 
I, but mm-hmm. I, then I can't, I, I don't remember if I made that up or not. You did not. Okay. Put a little bit in that. We'll come back to that in just a oh, second. Oh, baby. Okay. Mm. So if you're wondering if in the world of, you know, adults collecting toys, if visionaries is a well-regarded line, the answer is no. <laughs> uh, even though the figures look pretty cool and they had, you know, all the, the G.I. Joe bells and whistles, you can get pretty much the whole line of toys, which is like 13 guys. You can't get the vehicles, but you can get all the guys for like $300 total. So That's really cheap. I, I, would, I would have thought that it was more expensive because they were like not as popular like less less mass produced yeah it's just it's more niche so you know obviously in the package you're paying a little more and the vehicles are a little more but to get the whole line for a few hundred bucks uh so not a lot of demand so in the mid-2000s a dvd came out with the whole series all 13 episodes perhaps my favorite special feature of all time on this pdfs of every episode script shut (laughs) up that's legitimately awesome. I don't know if they were PDFs, like you had to put that DVD into your computer and get the files off that way, or if you put the disc in your DVD player, if you could just click special features and then PDFs pop up. I don't know. The mind box. <laughs> I've never seen a PDF cool. on a TV before. <laughs> just oh, the pixels. Oh, the yeah. resolution is spectacular. Oh my God, you can zoom in so close to those names. It's awesome. <laughs> but despite all this, Visionaries like all all properties these days, not quite dead. Hasbro put out a exclusive Leoric toy at San Diego Comic-Con a few years ago. And there was, it wasn't a G.I. Joe Visionaries crossover, Dave. It was a Visionaries Formers comic series. Ooh, try to figure out what the it. fuck happened okay. in that series. Because I certainly didn't research it. And the answer couldn't possibly be as interesting as anything I would make up. Yeah, you, I think all hopes would be dashed as soon as you like read that. Like the sublime nature of that would just disappear, right? As soon as you got your hands on that script. Yep, yep, yep. And then in 2015, Hasbro and Paramount announced that they were working on a Hasbroverse, so similar to the MCU, of course, consisting of Visionaries, GI Joe, Micronauts, Mask, and Rom, and they brought in such writers as. The novelist Michael Chabon to do work on this. (laughs) (laughs) Quite a writer's room there. They knew they needed talent, but they didn't realize they needed talent in the genre. They were also going to bring in Dale Earnhardt Jr. to uh, help with the writer's room because they were like, we need a professional to help with this. (laughs) Professional what? Doesn't matter. I was going to say, Tom Tom Parada was busy. They couldn't get him. (laughs) We went to a local professional building, and we just pulled someone out of of their cubicle, and we dragged him to the writer's room. You're professional, love. Come on. They went went to LinkedIn, and they were like, you have the most letters after your name, and therefore (laughs) you are the most professional. So unlike the Dark Universe, where they made that mummy movie and then killed it, here the writer's room broke up after a year, and that project is in development hell. How do we get into that room? We could write the new visionaries. I was just trying to like envision all three of us just walking into that room and being like, hey, we got it. We got the plan. We, we know how Transformers and Visionaries can cross over. Transformers not part of the Hasbroverse, Dave. It's Visionaries? What? G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Micronauts. Mask and Rom. Well, Transformers is doing okay on its own. I guess so. Yeah. Hello, pr- producers out there. Just know we are available. 
we are willing and we are way funnier. I live within a stone's throw of Hasbro (laughs) headquarters. I will go down there and like these truckers protesting COVID mandates and vaccines Mm -hmm. in a world where those mandates are going away. I will go to the Hasbro factory in my car and I will protest the end of the Hasbro verse. That's my solemn swear to you, the listener. But you'll cross that picket line and you'll say, look, I might be talking about visionaries, but those guys out there, those truckers, they're the true visionaries. They know that the age of science is dead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with the line that we're walking down, but it also fits so perfectly. Here. No, it's a good line. It's a straight and narrow path. Ben, ben you, can you, you know bring us- a good movie that walked the line. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Stupid movie. Anyway, oh, the, the absolute best and most underrated moment in that entire movie, and the oh, only how reason do you choose the only reason that movie isn't hot flaming garbage, uh-huh. and I'm gonna tell you, yeah, is when Joaquin Phoenix closes the cabinet door. And Robert Patrick, as June Carter Cash's dad, is standing there looking exactly like T-1000. No one laughs enough at that moment. It, is, it brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> he, he closes the door and it's just dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. dun-dun-dun-dun. It's so perfect. Wow. Do you remember um, when the, there was that scene where he, um, he, gets, <laughs> you know, he gets off the stage in the Folsom prison, prison show and he just starts doing the Joker dance from the movie Joker? down the, the prison steps. It was wild. Prophetic, yeah. too, because he hadn't planned that for another yeah, yeah. 15 years or so. And all the prisoners were Joker-fied. That's right. Rough times. We shared yeah. a time machine. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So anyway, time machines do not exist in the world of visionaries. No, just the Especially not in this first episode where the Age of Magic begins, which aired on September 20th, 1987. I was alive for that, but I wish you could bring us a little more context for it. I don't remember it too well. I like that, Jalen. You broke out of your box. I shook it up mm. a little. Ben's yeah. making fun of me anyway. Doesn't no, matter funny. what I do. See, the, ben, this is why she doesn't. This is why she doesn't uh, do the yes and because you're always making fun of her for it. Yes it's, and I say yes and, and you're like, <laughs> I'm gonna shit on your joke. We have to. We have to yes nourish and. her. Positive reinforcement. Fuck you. Both. You killed it. What were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. Okay. So the top movies here. All new movies in the top three in September 1987. Number one, Fatal Attraction. Ooh, back to erotic thrillers. Sexy. My favorite. Number two, another sexy film, The Principal. (laughs) Ooh, back to erotic thrillers. My favorite. I'm still pretty convinced that this is a movie that you guys made up and you just have been trolling me for three and a half years. No, the principal's great. <laughs> is the principal part of the, the same ha- cinematic universe? <laughs> 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 the same cinematic universe as The Substitute? Perhaps. And maybe Dangerous Minds? And maybe 187? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and absolutely The Visionaries, whenever, yes. they, whenever it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're the, part of every universe. The ties that bind. Yeah. Number three. Another sexy film, Hellraiser. Hmm. Oh, oh, that is actually sexy. 
Yeah, it's psychosexual. Oh my god, that pinhead. I've never seen Hellraiser because I had so many nightmares from the poster. And I was like, do I want to have worse nightmares? No, I don't. It's disturbing. Mm. It's 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 not like a fun horror movie to watch. I don't I don't like rewatching uh, Hellraiser at all. Noted. It's because you guys are a bunch of prudes. Just let it go, baby. <laughs> oh no, I'm into the I'm into the BDSM stuff. In Rip the, movie. the flesh just... from my bones. Yeah, <laughs> baby. <laughs> uh, because we're talking about a a toy cartoon here, I'll pull some of the top toys. Visionary's not among them, but GI Joes, of course. This was right in their heyday. You mm-hmm. also had the Pogo Ball. <gasps> I love the Pogo Ball. Yeah, I almost killed myself many times on the Pogo Ball. We had a Pogo Ball. It was my brother's that was awesome, and we used it a ton. And then it got left out for winter, and the platform part broke off. And I was shocked to learn that the ball was actually like peanut shaped. It was not a ball. Yeah, it like surrounded the ball. Or the, yeah, the disc like. The disc surrounded yeah, the middle but, part. Yeah, that's but what I was saying. I always thought that it was just like a ball because of the optical illusion. And I was really mm-hmm. shocked to learn that it had like, it was like a little belt. Little cinch. It was a little yeah. belt. A little belt. A little sash around the, mm-hmm. around the ball. And that alone proves that science is not dead. The pogo ball. You can't do that with magic. It's certainly not, no. Certainly not. We also had the Karate Kid line of toys. So Daniel-san and the gang. Was it action figures or dress-up yeah, stuff? Yeah, made by Remco. Huh. I don't remember those at all. Those must have sucked. The, like, I, <laughs> 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 what, what's your? Uh, what do you? What do you got? I got a bunch of GI Joes and uh, I got some Ninja Turtles and like, what did you get? I got these um uh, action figures of high schoolers. I, they made a Daniel son, a Mr. Miyagi. I haven't. I can't I remember if they. I can't remember if they made a John Cleese. They definitely made like a karate tournament set with like the leaderboard or whatever the fuck from that movie. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That Was sounds it? way better than what I was envisioning. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, um, cool. I can wash this guy's car. Awesome. Oh, it comes with a tiny fly? I don't know if they fought though, if they were, or if they were just like action figures, right? Because like a decade later, you'd get the Karate Fighters, which is an awesome line of toys. Based on the success of Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, they made like Rock'em Sock'em robots, but they weren't like connected, right? Hmm. She couldn't be less interested in this. So you put them on little pedestals and there were like a bunch of guys, right? So there was a dude who looked like Ken from Street Fighter and there was a guy who looked like Blanca and you hit the button and they'd be doing spin kicks and shit. It oh was yeah, like, yeah, it was cool. It was like a video game in real life and WWF did a Karate Fighters tournament that went on for like six months in 1997. I remember that. A lot of in-your-house pay-per-views were sponsored by them. That's right. Shailen, what do you think? I don't know. Shailen, what's your favorite Whatever you were just looking at was not show notes. Uh That was not show notes. What was it? What was it? I can't tell you on the air. I'll tell you later. Oh, God. Anyway. Porn. That's disgusting, Shailen. These fucking weird teases. Let's get into Ethical porn, at least. Fucking show. This, uh, I mean, really good show. Uh, here is the intro and the song, and actually, it, it, it tells you a lot. It's the first nine minutes of the episode. Uh, yeah, we have most of it. Don't worry. It is a time when magic is more powerful than science, and only those who control the magic control destiny. They are the visionaries. Visionaries, of the magic of the light. Visionaries, of the light. 
love it. <laughs> That's spectacular. It was a world where people didn't believe in vaccinations with a proof required <laughs> to get inside buildings. Oh, boy. Best lyrics, <laughs> best everything. Did they start with a base of all the sound effects and they were like, all right, choir, sing along? Or did they <laughs> do it after? Like, was the was the sound effect guy there going, how do I make this sound like a cartoon instead of people just chanting angrily? <laughs> or th- similarly, the music guy was like, all right, I got to get the name of the song in at the beginning and the end. Okay, that's like six seconds. All right, what rhymes with Knights of the Magical Light? I know, Powers of Light. <laughs> <laughs> just uh just a, not not a promising beginning i like that you assumed there was a music guy i just assumed that they went to a kindergarten class and they were like quick someone <laughs> what rhymes with this you little timmy tell me what, what rhymes with light um light i love it let's go write it down there's like three interns behind him like with clipboards writing yeah. shit down <laughs> yes sir what yeah, think of a think about sign, sound effects that go with light Fwings. How do you spell that? Pew. It doesn't matter. Record it. It's always a good sign for your cartoon when the first episode needs to start off with about a minute and a half of exposition. What you get here is the beginning of the show. It's 13 seconds that sum up approximately 7,000 years of history. Far away in a distant galaxy, the people of the planet Prismos lived in an age of great technology. They had taken control of all their sources of energy and enjoyed a life of comfort and ease for 7,000 years. But this was not to last. <laughs> because, of course, the <laughs> three sons of Prismos combine and it sets off like an EMP pulse. So you see like this technological world. And I actually think that the only reason they had this technological world was to say, look at this cool world. That you'll never see again because these people just they're they're gone now. Like they're they're in a different location. But it's like Atlantis, right? We're supposed to believe that the lost city of Atlantis had like this high functioning society with all kinds of technology mm. and all these things, right? And then they got too big for their britches, and now you have to use flint and steel to uh, start a fire and sex appeal. Indeed, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like the idea of like. Um, yeah, what if we had two sons? No, 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 that's already been done. It's already been done, Tatooine. What if we had three? Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, let's do that. Three's always bigger, better than two, right? Three sons would be catastrophic. Yeah, let's call it a threesome. <laughs> yeah, and and like just the idea of like, technology won't save you. You need to have faith, people. Like, it's just like this, like, no amount of technology can ever save you. And then like, as we learn later, like, they can't do anything like correct even like the most basic technology they don't have it's like well that's true because the emp was catastrophic but there's a few things that happen here that we have to walk through to get from point a which is the the prismos of prosperity to point (laughs) b which is the world of visionaries knights of the magical light right Right. so we talked about part one it was the three suns coming together and you would expect to see like some kind of cataclysm or something going bad but what you see is i don't know the guy's name the guy who voices starscream shailen this is your bit who the fuck is it peter cullen thank you going oh no and then you see a girder fall and you get my favorite moment of the episode moments in 
for the realignment of the three blazing sons of Prismos signal the end of the age of science and technology. That guy saying, oh, great, is my favorite character. Let me play that one more time. He's right at the end of the clip here. For the realignment of the three blazing sons of Prismos signal the end of the age of science and technology. I love that, oh, great guy. He's, he's spectacular. He's so like aggrieved and bemused. He's not one of the Knights of the Magical Light, by the way. He's just a dude. Oh, certainly not, no. We often make fun of like additional voices on this show. That was additional voices truly being an addition to the Absolutely. show. <laughs> I just I like the idea because that would be me if the uh, like the apocalypse was happening. Like I, I look up in the sky and there's the four horsemen riding. I'd just be like, oh, great. I'm not going to be able to finish the lawn today. Fuck. Like just like it's just like, he's so vexed by it. He's not oh, worried great. or scared. Oh, maybe great. he doesn't I mean, realize. Just cracked open a beer. Maybe he doesn't realize that's the end of the world. Shit's going sour. We see so that girder falls. We see a bemused man, and then there's a news reporter who's like, "Who knows what will happen next?" As the news goes off the air. I, I love this distant galaxy. It still has news programs. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's angry. Um, but. What you don't see, and I find this interesting, is what happened next, right? So you go from Prismos to Visionary's world, and you don't see like the world falling apart. You have no sense of how much time has passed. Is it six months? Is it five years? How did they get to this state? It's just a weird solar eclipse happens. Now we're medieval. It's, it's the right. South Park gnomes principle. Where it's it's step one, steal underwear. Step two, question mark, question <laughs> yeah. mark, question mark. Step three, age of magic. <laughs> Could be. It's as pl- yeah. plausible as anything else. I don't know. So before we get into the, the plot of the show proper here, there's just one more bit of exposition I wanted <laughs> to play. more exposition. <laughs> oh my God, there's so much. From the most important character next to Bemused Man, the narrator. When all of the electrical energy had been depleted from the world, an age of magic began. That's like saying, when there was no more pancake mix to make, we ate glass. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> there not being electricity has nothing to do with there being magic. Could not have less to do with each other, actually. <laughs> did, did, like, magic grow because, like... Like the idea that our world has all this technology and electricity and everything, like, is it preventing magic from becoming or like growing? Like, that is that what they're getting at? Magic is a grower, not a shower, is what you're arguing. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing here. I like that all of this also overlooks how the human body works in general. <laughs> yes, it absolutely like, does, Shailen. Let's talk about it. The synapses tell, tell in your brain are it's electrical current firing, right? So, like. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's that's where you went with that? Yeah. What did you think I was going with it? I, I thought it was going to be like a puberty thing. You went with the synapses of the brain? I wasn't yeah. expecting that. Yes, and? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you think that that EMP, if an EMP ever ripped through I think Massachusetts, I, we would die instantly is what you're saying. Yes. Oh, that's what I'm telling God. you. Jesus, yeah. that's fucking dire. Well, that would be a very short cartoon. Probably... <laughs> <laughs> probably better ben what was your puberty theory i didn't have one i just thought that's where shaylin was going with it okay where would she have gone with that if, if that, it was what, puberty? That, okay okay fine i could walk walk you through this yeah, idea that i didn't electric, have it this won't be forced because now it all makes sense so science 
dying and electricity dying is like your yeah. baby teeth falling out. And oh. then magic flowing is like your first wet dream. Okay, so it's the world's puberty is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, all right, all right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Does and it? To the yeah. teenage okay. of magic. Teenage. Hmm, I wonder. <laughs> the, the world is getting hair where it didn't have hair before. And that's a herald, folks. Okay. So now the actual show. <laughs> this fucking nonsense. So we see a fight. There's a lot of people in this show. I'm probably going to get a lot of them wrong because they don't really give anybody names until an interminable sequence near the and end. They all have facial hair except for the women. Like yes. everyone has and a mustache. And that one woman or a has a beard. questionable shadow. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Straight out of Dress to Kill. <laughs> but I make a terrible hacky joke if uh, they made <laughs> a Star is Born about her instead of Shallow, the song would be called Shadow. Hmm. But it would be exactly the same song. But it would be Shadow. <laughs> See, it makes sense. It's funny. What evil lurks in the hearts of men, Shalyn? The Shadow the, Thank you. What other things have Shadow in them? Shadow the Hedgehog. Uh, sh- mm. sh- shadow Hal, the Jack Black movie. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So there's a fight going on. Uh, all we know is that Feral and Ektar are at arms. You don't actually see any fighting done whatsoever. But what you do find out quickly is that the head of the good guys wears blue. His name's Leoric. The head of the bad guys is named Darkstorm. He wears gray. And they're, they're and his, looking his for something. His name is Darkstorm? His name is Darkstorm, yeah. That, Which that's is, not really a good yeah. guy name. It's kind of an awesome bad guy name. Yeah. And they're looking for something. Both frantically searched for a military advantage. Well, since we no longer have electricity, I have invented a catapult powered by guinea pig. Okay. It's so good. It's powered by guinea pigs. <laughs> I have a problem with that. It's near the why. Because it makes power. Because catapults in the Middle Ages were around and were not powered by guinea pigs. Maybe they just did, hadn't realized that in this society that like ropes and trees would do it, but his guinea pig but, powered yeah, catapult. But if you want to take it that far, then like they wouldn't maybe they wouldn't have the word catapult. Yeah. Because they're like billions of light years away from us. They would have no fucking idea what a catapult is or a guinea pig. Why is there a guinea pig there? I um, mean, there's people there. Why wouldn't there be guinea pigs? Why are they called guinea pigs? Because <laughs> they're adorable. The whole premise of the cartoon is built on this thin ice. And underneath that thin ice is quicksand. Mm-hmm. And as the California Dream song taught us, you can't build castles on quicksand. It's true. Right, Shailen? That was a wild connection I was not expecting in this cartoon. Under that quicksand is a shadow reminiscent of that on the woman's face or the Lady Gaga song from my new version of A Star Wars (laughs) which still stars Lady Gaga. This reminds me of... um, Shailen, get ready to sing Shallow at the end of the show. Oh, that's not happening. Uh, (laughs) The number of zombie movies in the early 2000s uh-huh. where everyone inherently knew you had to kill the brain to kill the ghoul with no other connection to anything George Romero ever created and it's like why do you why would the universe in which this movie exists know that there's no reason yeah, right, for any right. of you to know that and here we have guinea pigs that no one should know about and catapults named accurately <laughs> and we don't know why how did they do so- this so magic, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to step back a little bit. How long has it been since electricity disappeared? I had world? that question as well. It could be a day and a half. It could be 
35 years. Right. And because you have this guy, he's reminding, I guess, us, the viewer, but he's reminding Darkstorm, Darkstorm, whatever his name is. Storm. He's re- Thank you. He's reminding him like, oh, since we haven't had electricity for a long time. It's like, well, I think everybody fucking knows that if it happened yesterday. <laughs> But, like, or if it's, like, 500 years in the future since, like, this event happened, it's, like, yeah, we don't need to – you didn't need to remind us this, okay? Like, we fucking know electricity doesn't exist. We don't even remember electricity existing because that was 500 years ago. I'd Mm -hmm. like to go out on a limb and suggest that it happened in their lifetime. So, him saying, since we no longer have it, like, he probably could have figured out how to use guinea pigs in less time than 500 years. (laughs) I don't know. Guinea pigs cannot be tamed. Just saying. Yeah, guinea pig hearts, you know, they, they, they can't be tamed. Guinea pig hearts. They also hearts. can't be broken. Yeah. Um, can't be broken. So I've heard. Do you remember that, that movie where the guinea pig had a dive <laughs> to the high dive? And it was, yeah. Right? And the but, little chipmunk that was riding on its back went blind from the trauma of <laughs> any water. And that's the event that caused the electricity to disappear from the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And do you know the defining characteristic of that pool? Shallow. Shallow. So. It's layers, people. It's layers. Anyway, they drop the the guinea pig dude into the <laughs> rancor pit, and as was deserved. Yeah, of course. And then some old dude materializes out of nowhere. So this is Merklin, and Merklin kind of looks like David Crosby with like a longer beard, skinnier, and holding a ball. Yeah, if like him and Saruman mated. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 With just a hint of Sarah McLaughlin as well, I think. The right, arms of right, the right, right. Of course. Uh, so let's meet Merklin. The age of science is over and the age of magic has begun. I am the ancient wizard Merklin. So Merklin, a mysterious character, a bit seedy. It's interesting that he visits the bad guys first and offers them this wonderful power. Just saying. I thought he was like this neutral character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like then I was like, "What? He's like really helping the bad guys, and I don't know why." Like he seems very angry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's his What's his deal, Shailen? What do you got? I think he's feeling a lot of feelings, and he's like, <laughs> "Who will be the most power hungry that will follow me? The people who are kind of like I want the best in the world, or the people who are like I want power." I think he's smart. So he's like a. Uh, like a magical Darwin, like a survival of the fittest kind of thing. I think he knows if that he, if he wants followers, he has to go for the people who are going to be greedy for the shit he has. Yeah, he's so a smart marketer. The Merklin character, as it turns out, and I, I read a little bit about what else happens. He's just kind of into having people who do stuff and like get him stuff. So he's always sending all of the characters on quests for magical items and stuff. So he doesn't seem to discriminate between good and evil. He just likes people who do shit. Oh, so he's like an NPC in an RPG game and just like sending yeah. you on. It doesn't matter what, what your your class is or what your build is. or he, Yeah, he's like a drug dealer, as we'll get to in a bit, because you always got to go back to Merklin for your fix. Mm-hmm. Despite the show being about magic, Darkstorm is immediately skeptical and sends Merklin down to the Rancor pit. So then he goes... Which is hilarious, by the it, way. It is funny, yeah. <laughs> Merklin... <laughs> gets out of the Rancor pit and goes to visit Leoris and the good guys. And here we get to meet some more great characters, namely the many spectacular accents that Leoris brings to the table. Uh, Yes, Ektar, perhaps there is. I think this bears looking into. 
Let us make preparations. This motherfucker's got three accents in three different sentences. It's like part Midwest, kind of Swedish, sort of British. I don't know what, yeah, what like thing a, is going Yeah, there's like Irish thrown in there. Yeah. I don't know why they felt the need here for these characters to sort of capture the Middle Ages. Like, yes, it's a night show. Like, okay, that makes sense. But that's not the time period. And they do it so fucking badly. It's bad. Yeah, it's like this, it's just this idea of like they, the planet, all they got was broadcasts of like Shakespearean actors, mm-hmm. like broadcasted to their planet. And that's where <laughs> they came. It was it's like the Simpsons where uh, uh, the, the people mispronounce something that the people that Lisa grows in her little petri dish uh mispronounce <laughs> things like she does yeah yeah. it's sort of like the opposite of benedict cumberbatch's dr strange where you know like this is a british guy playing one of <laughs> new york's most prominent surgeons here it's like you know the voice actors like just some dude from like indiana just trying to like just steal these <laughs> european accents and just doing it very badly when i don't Dermamu. know dermamu <laughs> i don't know if you guys have ever been to um the renaissance fair down in carver but it's like the kids from that region trying to take on this like grandiose British persona as they're paid like eight dollars an hour to walk around and be like villagers of the fair. And none of the, like all of them have like these like mm-hmm. janky South Shore accents where like, hey, you gotta get your fish. But they're trying to sound like <laughs> Get your tacky leg, kid. <laughs> Yo, kid, come get ye old turkey leg. <laughs> Just feel my body like retching. This is the professional version of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking like maybe they were going for maybe this was on purpose, right? I, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here. Kind of you. Maybe they were going for a like people playing Dungeons and Dragons in their basement or in their living room <laughs> and having shitty British accents, right? Like just like this high fantasy on <laughs> yeah. Like this high fantasy, like unplaceable accent. Like it's just, mm-hmm. oh, I'm a knight, sir, and I may be British or Irish, and like just like going in and out of of accents, no matter what location or where. Like it's just, <laughs> oh, it's a fantasy yeah. accent. It's a fantasy accent. I'm from the land of Fargo. <laughs> it's like a LARPing accent. I'd like to ask you guys a question. Can I ask you a question, please? If we were here in ye old recording studio and a wizard came and he was like, I can show you the wonders of magic. What would it take? What would that wizard have to do to convince you to go on a quest? Like, what is the one thing that wizard could conjure that you'd be like, this guy's for real? I don't need to know what the wizard can conjure. I need to know how. (sighs) No, hear me out. I will take him at his word if it's not going to mess up my other plans because okay. I, I like adventures and weird shit. And if it's like a crazy person that I don't think is harmful, who's like, I need 10 minutes of your time to see some weird shit and I'm going to prove something to you. I'm like, all right, you can have 10 minutes of my time. Now, if he's like, I need a day and a half of your life, I'm like, fuck you. That's like me when I was like, I need a day and a half of my time to answer this question. <laughs> you could have said like... <laughs> bear that flew or like donut <laughs> don't get mad at me when you pose an open-ended question dave what's Can your answer, you answer? An, uh, a, a quick answer from shaylin <laughs> see that would be good what merklin brings out i'm just gonna walk away now what merklin <laughs> brings out with for leoric and the boys is an ethereal fish 
It's a fish that it's flopping around in the air. It's a fish. Oh my God, look at his powers. <laughs> because what you don't know, Shailen, what you don't know specifically is in Visionary's lore, when the electricity went out, all of the brainwaves and the fish succumbed and there were no fish. So for Merklin to bring this ethereal fish, it was something that the good guys had not seen in many a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, do, you, do you know? Mm-hmm. It's like that that song from A Star Is Born. Move on. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fish died because the, the 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 pools pools of water were too yes. shallow. Yeah. So anyway, the good guys decide to go on the quest. Uh, they're being spied on by Mortrid, who is one of the bad guys, and he flies back on a hang glider. I don't know how he got a hang glider. I guess it doesn't matter. Could you just fucking name him Mordred. Just fucking name him Merlin. We understand. Like, oh, oh my it's, god, it's Mort Mortdrid, Mortdrid. But like, just we all know that you're naming them after Arthurian legend <laughs> characters. Just kinda. Just, just do it. Kinda. Just do it. Mort, kinda. of course, uh, would come back as Judge Dredd's first name or his dad, Mort Dredd. <laughs> Mortimer Dredd. That's why he kept screaming about the law, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so for some reason, Darkstorm's like, okay, well, if they're going to go, we're going to go too. Now we cut to the mountain retreat where Merklin lives. And all of the knights are down below and he's up on the mountain. And what he's essentially done here is set up an obstacle course. <laughs> and whoever can traverse his obstacle course gets some kind of like cool power. And there are, again, like 100,000 people here. And many of them talk and many of them do things. I don't know who half of them are. Maybe they're important in the show. Maybe they're not. The first obstacle you see is crushers, right? So like there's a bunch of guys and there's a cavern in the mountain and there are these sort of metal crushers coming down. So you got to be fast to get through there. And to show how dangerous this is, the first guy to run through it makes it through with no problems whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was Sean Connery from The Rock. And he knew he'd escaped from that prison. Like, he had the timing down. <laughs> 60 years ago, and he just had to remember the timing. And when he got through at the end, he was like, the losers go home and fuck the Merklin. <laughs> or however the, the quote goes. Shailen, do you remember that quote from The Rock? I- oh, I am the rocket man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shailen, what's your favorite quote from The Rock? The movie, not the, not the, not the wrestler. No, I was gonna. I was gonna take a step in another direction with Sean Connery cool. and say, yeah, "Jesus' name starts with an H in Latin." <laughs> <sighs> we should have watched The Rock instead, but what are we gonna do? Here we are. So this whole sequence Leoc is a bit. Talks in his sleep. <laughs> it's, a bit, <laughs> it's a bit out of line here, right? Because what they should have done is what. The second part should have been the first part. Here's the second part. Basically, they watch the one guy make it through with no problems, and he's like, fuck, that was easy. And then Merklin shows up in this plume of smoke, and he looks at the rest of them, and they just, they're like, nah, <laughs> we don't want to do this thing. That yes. The only frame of reference we have is this one dude. What should have happened was them going, oh, fuck, we'll die. And they leave, and this one guy's like, nah, I can do this. Yeah, And he makes it through. We also don't see anybody else make it through. So I don't know if there were like multiple paths that people were walking here or what's the deal? Shailen, thoughts? Someone had a boat. 
I'm just going out on a limb, mm-hmm. and it's powered by guinea pigs and <laughs> hope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Do they sure, still that, have that gasoline good. in this world? Like, yes, but it's oh. limited and it's controlled by. Um, fuck with that. Oh God, I killed the end of my joke. That guy from Mad Max in Morton Joe. In Morton Joe, yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, a combustion engine is not creating electricity, unlike brain synapses. So, just saying. Mm-hmm. Those poor fish. It should still exist. Those poor fish. Maybe that's where the fish went. So now, now, <laughs> we're in another cavern where people are walking across a rock bridge. And the way that the animation camera is set up, you have no fucking idea how many people there are or who they are, because they're all just kind of drawn as blobs. And... You hear somebody talk about like stopping the way, and it's Darkstorm, but from the two lines you'd heard Darkstorm say, it's really a leap to think that you would have put all of this together, right? But what happens is that Darkstorm takes out a rope bridge with a sword, like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, right? And the rope bridge falls to the side of the cavern where it turns into snakes, and then a guy falls into a bush and he makes he makes bird wings and there, flies away. There's no other like <laughs> flora growing in this cavern except for these like two branches that are in the side of this precipice. And he yeah. just he's like, "Hey, watch this!" And he just takes two branches and just <laughs> flaps them like wings. And he's like the fucking wily e. coyote from like opening up his acne <laughs> box, just yeah. floating because- away. Darkstorm and his crew are a million miles above him, right? And they're like, well, that's the end of you, bud. And this bird guy, he's got a little philosophizing. It is not a problem. It is a cleverly disguised opportunity. Where there's hope, there is always a way. That's that's science versus faith, baby. <laughs> that's magic, I guess. Because yeah. if he was... 500 feet above them, right? And he made these wings and he, he swooped, you know, the power of jet propulsion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. I would buy it. Instead, he flaps his wings and it's like... He goes up. He's, there was like a jet pack. Yeah. <laughs> this is astonishing. This is... The person who wrote his lines for this scene, it, it's a person who has read every single late 80s How to Manage a Business book. <laughs> There's no Absolutely. such thing as a failure. Yeah, There's yeah. only opportunities. Like, Who moved my cheese? Fuck that guy. <laughs> like the, the what is it? The seven habits of highly successful people, power, mm. how to get it, how to keep it. And this asshole with the fake wings made out of trees. Yeah, like, and like how, to, how to make friends and influence people. And, exactly. And yeah. Like that little tiny book my dad and I caught a guy reading at a restaurant once about how to pick up women. And, and we just laughed <laughs> at him. <laughs> But it was literal. It was like literally pick them up with your bird wings. Right, right, right. It was it was actually a weightlifting book. To make out of trees uh, and such. Anyway, I would like to posit that the writer's room is again, it's professionals, but not professional writers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these are these are people who they have some kind of certification. Yeah, I, I, I fix Xerox machines um professionally, of course, but like yeah, I just they just dragged me in here and they they just needed a professional. See, to me this is a one man show. This is Flint Dilly all the way. Yeah, it's got his fingerprints all over it. Inexplicable and loving it. So the the Birdman flies away, not to be seen for about fifteen minutes. And then the next shot we see is in yet another location. It's Leoric and Ektar and 
Farrell, maybe? Uh, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> it doesn't even fucking matter. But there's one thing about this scene that I enjoyed. So they're running around and they're bullshitting about like gardens and stuff. But well, let me play the clip. Though I fear some of the citizens would rather have a botanical garden. Botanical garden? You must be joking. I hear voices. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, you... what, if, what if he was just talking about like in his head? <laughs> I'm schizophrenic, sir. <laughs> he, was, he was a bad guy after all. My liege, I hear voices. They tell me to, to burn myself. What that clip doesn't demonstrate is the full sprint at which those guys are going. So they're sprinting like as fast as they can in armor <laughs> and just having just the, the, this light, non-labored conversation. They're very fit, Ben. They are fit. They're manly men in great shape. So the bad guys are nearby. Uh, it's not schizophrenia. It's that the, the bad dudes are there. Mm-hmm. And they send Mortred to just hang out in a hallway. So the bad guys... <laughs> like Dark Storm and his crew, are having no problems whatsoever. They're only causing problems. They're just making their way through. They're not facing any difficulty. Remember that, because that becomes important in a minute. And Mortred's grand plan is just to stand in a hallway and wait there. He doesn't attack. He doesn't try to, like, put rocks down. Or he just anything. says, you who And, yeah. like, they are distracted. Like, it was like that old movie clip of the woman like lifting up her skirt to hitchhike mm-hmm. it, it, like it was that, that was it like that's what happened he was like yoo-hoo and they're like oh it's mortred <laughs> he's, he's here uh, forsooth we have to challenge him to a, a battle of, of wits and they come upon him and he's in his full regalia so he has his helmet on and shit and he's leaning against the wall. It's like the famous James Dean photo like he's the rebel without a cause and he doesn't say anything and for a brief moment I thought oh Maybe he just left his armor behind. You know, this is a, a distraction. But no, this is actually the guy. It's the guy. I thought he had like a power where he could like send out a hologram of himself. Oh, he'll get powers. powers. Yeah, he didn't have powers, powers yet. So. No, not yet. Force projection. He's just a man. Right, right. And because he's not talking, Ektar at this point does something that was a little bit weird. Stick it out. Let me see. Look at the size of that. You know... <laughs> He indeed is a shower. A little weird for Ektar to, to choose that moment when they're trying to get their powers, but Listen, what can you do? Opportunity presented itself. You there, unsheath your sword if you catch my meaning. And he was so distracted that his voice Christ. changed halfway through that clip. I don't, I don't know what happened there. Open, open your cod piece. <laughs> but then they just leave and Mortred goes back to his group. He finds them. <laughs> And the good guys move yeah. on. And so there just was no point to this. And they move along. <laughs> you there, pull, out, pull it out and show me your flesh helmet. Anyway, so Leoric and his crew move on. <laughs> There's more night talk. Take my lance. Sounds. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. This made me so mad. It's like. How do we make it uh, sound you're like you know, fucking like like <laughs> fantasy, right? Like, how about we um, use words to describe things that we could otherwise show or or make them hear? Can't make sounds like rocks are falling, or like you can't just show a, a something magical happening. Like you have to have them describe it too. It, oh my god, it makes me so mad when it's it's ridiculous. Shows do that, <laughs> Shailen. At this point, I couldn't tell who was who. Like, uh-huh. their armor, I feel like the animation was bad. Like, the armor colors kept changing. And, like, so I couldn't place the 
the like the voices with the suits of armor. <laughs> and I also there was like eight hundred thousand characters. I couldn't tell who was who. Did you have the same problem? So I not only had the same problem, I watched I, I told Ben this. I watched this cartoon twice, start to finish. Did you? The first time I watched it, I was like My my poor fair maiden. I was like <laughs> looking at email and kinda like not paying 100% attention as I am wont to do. The second time, I literally turned my chair so I was staring directly at my phone and the only thing I was doing was trying to watch this cartoon. And we're into that magical 12-minute period of time where I stared at the screen both times and I was like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know who's talking, but I am delighted by the flashing colors and the funny noises and eventually it'll, it'll come together or it fucking won't. I don't know. Maybe Ben found a cartoon that never actually aired on TV and he's <laughs> right, fucking with oh, us. I have yeah, no that, idea. That 12-minute mark is the linchpin of every cartoon we watch. It's like, all right, you 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 had your chance show. Like, this is it. And now I'm hooked. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm in it for the remainder, that. baby. Because then the, 12, the remaining 12 minutes is just Merklin announcing their powers. When this guy said Zounds, though, Zounds. I... I was like, this is the worst imitation of Scooby-Doo I've ever heard. Because when Shaggy says zoinks, at least some shit just happened or will about to be happening. And that's not the case here. (laughs) (laughs) He just made the noise. You know what? I'm making an executive decision here. There's so much shit that happens that's so unimportant. I'm going to sum it up really, really, really fast, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Please. So Leoric and the crew. Run in. They see a humongous rock guy, like 40 feet tall. They go, oh, fuck. Leoric runs at the rock guy. The rock guy runs away. Leoric says, I reasoned that he'd never been attacked and wouldn't know what to do. What the fuck does that mean? That doesn't even make sense, Leoric. Okay, so they move on. Now we cut to another part of the cavern. There's a girl fight. There's two girls. There's a disgusting octopus noise. Awful. The, the bad girl wins. The good girl is like, curse you. Uh, some guys steal stuff. Uh, two guys fight on a ledge that you've never seen before. Darkstorm falls in a hole. He gets out of the hole. He goes into another room where all the bad guys down are somehow... Down in the hole. <laughs> Way down <laughs> in the hole. Uh, Darkstorm goes into a room where all the bad guys have been caught and are hanging upside down. That was weird. <laughs> we never saw any of them get caught. It was like the alien's nest. Like they find all the people... Yeah. yeah. It's important to know they were caught. That's all that matters. This is an important thing. The Middle Ages, of course, the time of fealty and, you know, fiefdom and fiefs and uh, so on and so forth. I could, but to do so would require considerable effort on my part, which I could only do for my loyal subjects. Therefore, if you desire me to carry out this deed, you must swear loyalty to me. <laughs> Fuck. Listen to the flute playing in the background. (laughs) Clearly, this is medieval. So he does, and they do. And then there's a battle, and then Merklin shows up and says, you must pass the final test. Go through this door. And I thought, oh, maybe the door is fake. But no, they just run into the door and break it down, and that was literally the last test. They just get through the door. (laughs) They get through the door. It's not a test. Now, now, my- It's an obstacle. Yeah. (laughs) Go over this obstacle. Go through it. Go inside the store. Okay. The, prepar- the preposition the you now. choose will determine your powers. Flint Dilly realized the episode was running a little long and he, he wanted to push it on. And I, I, I can appreciate that. But now, my friends, we're into the meat of the episode. Mm. This is where 
power bestowing happens. You are the visionaries. We are the walking dead. It's very clever. It's good writing. (laughs) So Merklin goes on this, oh my God, just interminable monologue about what's going on and what they're going to get and the price of power. Merklin, what do you want from us in exchange of magic? Occasional tasks. What sort of tasks? Sexual. I'm a foot guy, couldn't you tell? (laughs) Lube up those arches and let me... Go to town. (laughs) Psychosexual. This ball isn't just for magic. Put your toes around me. (laughs) All three of us had the exact same reaction to that line, which I am delighted by. But this is further evidence that him going to the bad guys versus good guys doesn't matter. All he wants is people who will do his bidding. Mm -hmm. That's it. He figured, bad guys, you'll do my bidding. And (laughs) And good guys, you will counter them, I guess. Is he the... The true bad guy here? Yes, absolutely he is. If you have magic, you can restore electricity. So he's like the Mr. Glass. Yes. <laughs> exactly. From, yeah. Every listener will, will know has seen Unbreakable, right? That was a big movie. The kids loved Unbreakable. Yeah, it was, that came out 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sooner than this fucking cartoon. That's true. That's true. All right. So now we get a scene that's literally three minutes long, and it's three minutes of introducing the characters. I loved this. It was oh Merklin naming every character in the room and giving them their totem. So the idea of the magic here please, is that Merklin gives you an animal power. And I want to talk about this deeply in a second once we get through some of these characters. The power goes into your little Superman crest and then you can become an ethereal animal. That is the totem. That is the power. That is a cool concept for a toy. Absolutely. Right? Great concept for a cartoon as well. Also, it could have been the opening to the TV show. Yes. And we could have skipped this all of these shenanigans and just jumped straight into adventures. Incorrect. That was all world building, Shailen. I take offense at that. It's terrible <laughs> world building. It should have been re- cut, cut from the, the episode. What I do- You get to be a honey badger because nobody, you <laughs> don't give a shit. You know where you could- Moving on. You, you know what you could have done with this is you could have probably shaved three minutes off um, because this still works in a magical faux medieval world, and you didn't need seven thousand years of power, uh, you know, and electricity powering this planet. You didn't need that. See, I thought you were arguing that we should cut these three minutes, and I was going to say these are the only three minutes where I could figure out who anybody actually. Oh no, no, no! Was. This this is a very important. Three <laughs> this is minutes. the central I was, three minutes. I was talking about the. <laughs> The, the first the three minutes yeah, of yeah. the episode, yes. You would think that a three-minute scene of a guy saying names and animals would be horrible. This was riveting. <laughs> this was great stuff. Right, Chalen? It's, gr- it's it's stuff. I'll give you that. All right, let's go through them. Mm-hmm. Arzon, he was the, the bird guy with the wings. Now he's an eagle. Sindar was a climber, so he's a gorilla. Ah, uh, yes, the, the galactic gorilla. <laughs> Gor- gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> was the guy with, who ran through the things. He's a cheetah. Cravex is... Cravex, for your deed, you shall earn the totem of the only airborne scavenger on Prismos, the Phylot. I have to explain it because nobody knows what the fuck a Phylox is. Why didn't we pick an animal (laughs) people have heard of? Why are there animals that people have heard of on this planet? (laughs) You are the guinea pig. We've painted ourselves into a corner, so we'll spend the next three minutes announcing your powers. Ektar is a fox. Uh, Mortred is a good bootlicker, so he's a beetle, and they all laugh at him. Feral is a wolf. 
The two ladies get their power. So Virulina is the bad lady. Galadria is the good lady. Let's listen to them. And you, Virulina, displayed a killing instinct underwater that is matched only by that of the shark. Thus, it shall be your totem, Galadria. No animal evinces greater intelligence under the ocean than the dolphin. Thus, it is fitting that you shall have its totem. So, th- there's Ladies, th- <laughs> you have fins. <laughs> no, there's three things here that are really, really important. One is the way he talks. Thus shall it be your totem, shall it be. Two, the dolphin totem that Galadria gets, it's like, it looks pissed off and happy. It's like a smiley, sassy dolphin. I found it very funny. <laughs> Three, it was here. It was at, at these two ladies that I had this epiphany that the powers that he's giving them are based on like the 15 seconds that he spent which, with each of them. And he right. thinks that that displays their personalities. So the only reason that the girls get water powers is obviously because they're the only girls and have to fight in the water because sexy, it's sexy, sexy. But like, what if... Galadria, he saw her taking a pit. <laughs> like, you are the urine monster because you like to pee. Just like you the- are the skunk because you're taking a piss on everything. <laughs> it's not the inner being that they've displayed. It's what they were doing at the time he yeah, saw like, them. What if the guy that ran through the, the fucking Alcatraz prison thing, like what if he just wasn't fast, but he was really good at timing? Yeah. Right? Like, he completely misrepresented You are, you are the, the grandfather clock. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the hit or miss, like, elevator pitch situation, right? Like, you get in the elevator at the ground floor with the person who's going to name your and you're like, hey, what's up? Yeah, like, I'm going to plant a garden tomorrow. Oh, congratulations. You're a fucking daisy. You're the vegetable Versus, like. Oh You're yeah, you know, like cucumber. I conquered an entire nation with my fucking awesome sword, and he's like, "You're the, you're the lion." Like it doesn't. It's you get like eight seconds to give your personality type to this person and pray for the best. Yeah, it's, or it's like yesterday when you saw me, I was planting my garden, but the day before, I was you know conquering this army or whatever. No, no, no. You're you are you are a tomato. Yeah, exactly. Oh. But 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 I, I I defeated this whole army and I I, I like use my wits and my strength and everything. No, you are a tomato. It's like when you're at work and like someone who is way above you, and you get intimidated and you say something dumb because you're uncomfortable or whatever. And it's like, no, my work sort of stands for itself. Like I'm successful in my role and I'm professional and whatever. But the only thing this person ever saw you do is like trip and fall on your face and spill your goldfish out of the bowl in the lobby, and they're just like, oh. The idiot. Yeah. Your power is being and, an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you are the tomato. <laughs> exactly. So it's very funny. It's very, very fu- funny. Like, just the, the whole mythology of the show is built on how you handled an obstacle course when you boil it down to its barest essence. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we move on. Uh, Cryotech is a bared recon. You shall bear the totem of the lizard. Not the lizard, because we're medieval. It's the lizard. The lizard. <laughs> Jesus. Aloric, he was the main good guy, is a lion. And Darkstorm is a mollusk, which is like a snail. What the <laughs> That's fuck? kind of lame. Like a clam or something? Lame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shayla, what's a mollusk? You were right. It's a snail. Great. Yeah. I just wanted to engage you in the show. I was engaged. You know what happens okay. when, I, uh, when I see a pair of feet? You mollusk up? No, I get Lizard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lizard. Uh, Lizard, also my favorite receiver on the Green Bay Packards. 
Ooh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so they're all like, fuck, we're animal things now. And then Merklin says, but it might be weird. I don't know. You you got it. You're going to be emotional. It's going to be pretty weird. And then they're like, okay, well, well, well now what? No, dip your staff. And they dip their staff. Now um, dip your staff. Make sure it's Liz Hart and dip it into the waters of of, of swirling magic. <laughs> the important distinction here is that not all of them have staffs. About half of them do. And it's not clear why they had staffs or like how that was chosen, but some of them have staffs that give them additional powers about like strength and knowledge and shit like that. And one of them says, well, I don't have a staff. <laughs> and Merklin looks at him and just goes, you will have different powers. And that actually is explained. Would you like to know what that was? Yes. They're able to enchant vehicles. So that's how you get to the vehicles ah, of the visionaries line is the guys uh, who don't have staffs have cars. Do they, do they do a task that makes them earn those vehicles or do they just find a vehicle and they're like, no, it is enchanted. Uh, something in the middle. <laughs> okay. I kind of, I'm kind of delighted by the concept of like the guy with the staff being like, fuck yeah, I have a staff. Fuck you guy who didn't bring a staff. And then the next day he's like, oh, you, you have a Jeep? I don't have a Jeep. I got what this the hell? stupid yeah. staff with a with fucking flag on it. What the hell? Also, like, why they, they all had other weapons. Like, some of them had, like, scythes and, like, swords and daggers and stuff. The, like, the swords and daggers are not enchanted. Only staffs and people. And only vehicles. staffs. I think it was just the staffs were enchanted because they had flags on them that could because they had the hologram pictures the, yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly why it, we have to make it so because the <laughs> toy is not big enough to that's hold right. the hologram so only the staff <laughs> and the staff users can have this power until we come up with the vehicle lines yeah they manufactured toys that had staffs with fun holograms so they need to give a reason you try putting a hologram on a sword you little shit <laughs> <laughs> so then merklin explains that the totem power lasts, but if you use the power in the staff, you have to come back, ostensibly navigate the obstacle course again, and recharge it. Now, he doesn't say it here, but the answer is you can use that power one time, one a single time before you have to go back oh, and run this errand again. That's such an annoying video game. B- bear this in mind for like yep. a second from now. Then Merklin flushes them all down a toilet and laughs at them. Uh, it was pretty weird. And then they're outside where immediately guys are, like the good guys and bad guys are fighting. Uh, Somebody named Cryotech said something that I agreed with. I don't remember what this was. Nothing wrong with him that a good tap on the prat won't take care of. (laughs) I guess I did agree with that, yes. (laughs) I agree. And then Darkstorm proposes peace. And he says, I think we should stop this fighting. And Leoric is like, I, I, I agree. And they... Proclaim the Age of Peace. I second your proposal. May the Age of Peace last forever. Forever! Huzzah! Sounds. Sounds. And the good guys leave, (laughs) right? They fucking leave. And then then they go to Darkstorm, and they're like, you're not going to stick to that, are you? And he goes, no. Then why the fuck did you do it? You were already fighting them. He's not honor bound, and this gives him a leg up so he can trick them. Uh, it gives them a reason to make 12 more episodes of the show That's instead right, of ben. fighting them. The worst part is they're like, and Leark doesn't, whatever his name is. He he clearly doesn't buy this either, right? No, he knows that I'm not I'm not telling the truth. So why, did, why would he agree to that then? 
he, if he knows, then why would he agree? Were they because both, he's were honor they, bound? Were they both like so lazy? They were like, we're not fighting today. We we just did this whole obstacle course, and it was like harder than that American Gladiator show. So, <laughs> let's go to bed because they did know American Gladiators as well uh, in that world. Yeah, that was that was years in the past. Okay, so. You would think that's the end of the episode, but it isn't for oh, some reason. Oh, I prayed reason. for it to be. Because you would now, hope. now some undetermined time later, you have Arzon. So Arzon has the eagle totem. I think that was the one I had was Arzon. He was the bird guy with the fucking wing jetpack. And he's just like running around the wasteland. And he see, here's a buxy maiden in a crevice, <laughs> which is pretty <laughs> funny. And she sees his magical staff and she's very titillated. What is that? My power staff. It is charged with great magic. <laughs> and <laughs> why don't you why don't you stroke it a bit and see what magic comes out, my lady? It's wonderfully you... sexual. Um just like my favorite movie, A Star is Born. Now It is it's filled with magic that is practical beyond nature. <laughs> then they just start dancing around. It's awesome. Now keep in mind what I said just a moment ago. That they can only use their staff powers one time. <laughs> <laughs> One time before they have to fucking climb up the mountain again. Tell me about this heroic quality of this good, supposed good guy. This horny motherfucker's got the knowledge staff. <laughs> and <laughs> here's what he does. Can we just pause? No. I want to reiterate what Ben just said. This horny motherfucker's got the knowledge staff. Yeah. Okay, now proceed. He's got the knowledge staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Address me as bearer of knowledge. Very well, bearer of knowledge. Tell me all you know of this fair maiden. The young woman is the evil knight, Virolina. That's absurd. But I'm the smart one. I'm going to paint a word picture here. He says an incantation. It's not clear where he learned the incantation, but he has an incantation. Um, A little shirtless man in an afro pops out. He looks like he would have been at home in Lawnmower Man 2, Job's War. And then this amazing magic, the guy tells him, this is Virulina, and this fucking dummy doesn't even believe it. So not only did he waste his magic to try to get laid, he doesn't even believe what he hears. And then Virulina rips, like, she rips, like, her hair off, and she's just in, like, full Virulina garb and attacks him, and that's the end of the episode. He's supposed to be the smart one, because he got the smart animal. No, right? he's he, the bird animal, man. He needed the the staff that had knowledge because he's fucking stupid. Oh, okay, okay. I got this. I got the staff's power confused with the totem's power. Okay, all right. Right, the totem gives him wings to fly, like the An energy drink. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Fly, uh, fly. Anyway. <laughs> That's where it ends. Uh, I did grab the ending song here. It's pretty good. 19 minutes. That mishmash of shit is a really good encapsulation of the show, by the way. <laughs> What would have really benefited this cartoon is if they had incorporated any of that music inside the cartoon itself. No, they they had to do like string music and like minstrel stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Playing like green sleeves in the background the whole time. All righty. So that is Visionaries, Knights of the Magical Light. 
<laughs> would you show this one to a kid? No. Why? Three reasons. One, don't want to have to answer all those questions. Two, do not want my kid to turn into the weird larper. Oh. Three, magic. Counterpoint. What's the matter with LARPing? It's pretty fun. No, being a LARPer is cool. Being a weird LARPer, not cool. <laughs> okay, and that's what the show would do. <laughs> that is correct. You, you took LARPing to a, a weird place. Yep. Yeah. Keep talking about your weird power stuff. Um, This show was really stupid, but um, kind of fun. <laughs> I would have enjoyed this as a kid if I'd ever seen it. So yeah, why not? What about you, Ben? First of all, the show was not stupid. It was amazing. And yeah, of course, uh, everybody needs a little magic in their lives. And let's go with one to five spectrum. Oh, one. Well, I mean, the show was fun as hell, but it was like it was a piece of dog shit, like writing wise. Like it didn't make any sense. Like it just the whole premise crumbled as soon as they spoke the first word. No, it didn't. <laughs> Disagree. Ben, how many? No, I want to hear yours. Uh, uh, you want to wrap it up? Uh, Four and a half, I think. <laughs> this, Four and a half spectral oh, wow. fish from Ben. This was insane. It was really insane, but it was insane in all the ways that make it more fun to watch as an adult because you know the strings that they're pulling, right? Like as a kid, you might be yeah, like, yeah. oh man, magical nights. But I'm like, okay, that whole three minute scene where like people are turning into fucking laser animals so they could sell you the toy. And I, I loved it. I loved how lazy and slapdash it was. I loved how it didn't know what the fuck was going on. I loved how they put the future in it for some reason. I loved the dumb names. I loved all of it. And sure, it was bad. It was really terrible. But my God, what a ride. I couldn't get into it. It was like, the, like I, I, it didn't give me that Rambo, like, this is so insane, like five stars or eight out of five, right? It just didn't sit well with me. Shailen. I'm just more attuned to schlock, I guess. Final, final um, thoughts. Two and a half. Because it brought me way up for its, its ridiculousness. Its voice cast is fucking stellar. But after watching this entire show start to finish twice, I still have no idea what we watched. I literally could not tell you what we watched as a cartoon this week. Two and a half. All right. It was what fun. the fuck happened? I still don't know. Someone explain it to me like I'm small. I we, we, we just spent like three hours on it. I, I don't know think it I can didn't explain help. it anymore. It didn't help. Let's, let's go through it again. <laughs> okay. So this guy, Merklin, is an ancient <laughs> wizard, and he makes them run an obstacle course. And then yes, but tell me in LARPing voice, Ben. <laughs> the, in, in the age of science. And, and, what kind and, of robes did they wear? Ah, uh, uh, yes. Ben, welcome uh, to the magical kingdom of Lerverance. Okay. All right. Now you guys might wonder, is there enough to Visionaries, Knights of the Magical Light to base a shitty improv game off of? And the answer is no. Oh, the answer is no. But one of the things I enjoyed about Visionaries is like the very literal interpretations of things. (laughs) Like here's the most basic interpretation of magic. Science, I don't know, it means technology. And it got me thinking about things. Amazing things. Yeah. And so, <laughs> spectacular things. So, I want to introduce you to tonight's game, the board game game. One thing that I love and, and has come up before is just like weird licensed stuff. And one of those things is board games. Mm-hmm. It still happens to some extent nowadays. Like, but now it's every property has a Monopoly game. Back in the day, every TV show and movie and cartoon 
had like a Parker Brothers game or a Milton Bradley game. And the problem is that those games were made by people who didn't know the properties. So they took the most literal interpretations of things, made a board game, and so many of them were fucking impossible to decipher. So in that spirit, what I have for you guys is a list of real board games. I've picked all, these are all real. I haven't made any of these up. I've numbered them one to 10. We're going to randomize them. You guys are going to pick a number. I'll give you that game. There's three possible points for you, right? So Shailen, you would pick a number. Three. Okay, that's an example. You won't necessarily get three. The first thing I want is I'm going to give you the name of the property. I need you to tell me what you think that game is about. And I'm talking like the tweet version, okay? I don't need fucking Moby Dick here. Just tell me what you think the the game is about. I feel attacked. And I could give you... (laughs) (laughs) So when you say what the game is about, like, do you have to go into the mechanics of the game? No, just like what you're you're trying to accomplish. Okay, okay, okay. So it's like the Ninja Turtles game. Like, you got to stop Shredder from blowing up the city. Okay. I will give you two points for nailing it. One point for on the right track or zero points for, I don't know, some other criteria that I haven't figured out yet. Then you can get an additional point by telling me if the game is nice and easy, like most of these games are made for kids and families. If that's the case, you would say simple and sexy. If the game is ridiculously, insanely difficult, you're going to give me a way too complexy. And then I will tell you kind of the back of the box copy and what actually happens in the game. Okay. So these are real games, not bullshit like Golden Girls Clue. Okay, we're not talking about Golden okay, Girls right, Clue. Right, okay? right, right, right. All right. So I got. Why are you so mad about Golden Girls Clue? <laughs> fuck Golden Girls Clue. It's not a bad game. I don't. I don't know why you're so mad about Mandalorian Monopoly. <laughs> that shit's dumb. Went to Newberry Comics. They had fucking forty versions of. Monopoly. Oh, I bought I Tatooine for four hundred credits. And if you guess a number that's already been picked, uh, there will be a penalty of some sort that I have to think of. So anyway, so you pick any number between one and 10. Who would like to go first? Shailen would. Oh, Shailen. (laughs) Go, 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 Shailen. Shailen, what number would you like? One. All right, Shailen. Your game here, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay. So you have to tell me the idea of what you're trying to do. All right. So there's a board, and you're moving around the board, and the goal is to, through clue cards and dice rolling, identify what you're having the close encounter with. <laughs> I'm going to give you a point because you worked in close encounter. That's 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 about it, though. I would give you no points because I don't think you know, I don't think you know what that movie's about. <laughs> We're going to grid light on this one. Now, Dylan, do you think that the actual Close Encounters of the Third Kind game is simple and sexy or way too complex? Way too complex, Ben. Well, that's a bonus point for you. And let me explain it to you. So I pulled this from the back of the box. Mind you, this is supposed to draw the, the, the board game buyer in. Imagine this. First, you see some spaceships. Then your mind becomes possessed. You see visions of Devil's Tower in Wyoming. You hear a weird, mysterious five-note melody. You travel the Devil's Tower with the hope of boarding the mothership and flying from Earth with its crew. You arrive at Devil's Tower only to discover that others have come for the same purpose. You learn that only one of you will be allowed to board. And then the game itself is a grid of 147 spaces where you need to set traps for the people you're playing against to stop them from getting to Devil's Tower. There's pencil and paper involved. It is definitely supremely complex and also just the most basic understanding of that plot that I think they could have possibly done. 
Get to Devil's Tower. <laughs> and stop everybody else. You have to make your way to the mountain, but the only way you can win is if you collect all five notes of the song. See, okay, see, that would, that would I, be good. I was going to incorporate the music too. It did miss that important part where all of those people came together and it's like communally, but right. th- you know, that's fine. It was not supposed to be a battle. <laughs> Are there little little uh, like pewter pieces? Like, oh, I'm the um, mountain of mashed potatoes, and I'm pewter <laughs> Richard Dreyfus, and I'm the uh, car that he drives. I was going like, to say the car. That I don't know. That I don't know. So, Shailen, you get two points out of that. Woo, two points. All right. Now, Dave, pick your number. Oh, boy. Uh, I'll go with 10. You'll go with 10. Okay. I don't remember what 10 is. That's the beauty of the game is I don't remember what anything is. Okay. <laughs> Dave, the property is Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> Has and Pepper Incorporated. Jalen, this is not your question. I can still sing it. Dave, what happens in the Laverne and Shirley board game? Oh, um, okay, so <laughs> you... <laughs> I've never seen an episode of Laverne and Shirley. Um, <laughs> you, you have to earn the letter that goes on your sweater, uh, like okay. Laverne has. Okay. And you know, there's a path that you have to take to get there and it's trivia based so you have to answer questions about your best friend if you're laverne you have to answer about shirley and shirley you have to answer about laverne and but along the way there are squiggy cards that your the opponent can play mm-hmm. and it blocks you from getting the answers and the more answers you get the bigger the uh, you know the, the the more you build of your letter um and you see who builds their l or s okay that is laverne and shirley and it's it's super complexy um, Dave, you missed the obvious joke here. What you, is that? You play it your way, yes, your way, making your dreams come true. See if I, I wouldn't know anything about Laverne Truly because I didn't see. There's a funny thing here. There's a funny thing to what you guys are saying. Now, Dave, you've made it insanely complex in a way that mm-hmm. the game does not. The game mm-hmm. is complex. So you do get that point. Shailen, had you gotten that one and went with your exact answer, that that is the game. The game is about making your dreams come true because... You're playing as Laverne, and you have a diary that you fill up with dream cards. Okay. And there's a million things going on, and the game ends when you get a visit from Laverne's sister. <laughs> it is insanely complex, but it is literally about making your dreams making come true. Dreams they took the line true. from the song and said, I don't know, fucking, she's got fucking dreams. Give her a dream journal. <laughs> What's a Lenny? So, Dave, I will give you a point for getting the, the sweater letter thing, yeah. despite not ever, never seeing the show. And I'm forgetting that, yes, the game, in fact, was way too complex. I saw some commercials of it, okay. I think, on like a Nick and Nick and yeah. Nate thing. Yeah. Schlamazel. I don't know if that's in there, but it is about making your dream come true. And when I when I read that box copy, I laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> <laughs> and how easy things were back in the day. Now, Shailen, mm-hmm. pick your number. Two. <laughs> Strategic choice. Shailen, your property is The Sting. <laughs> I don't even know what that property is. Well, Shailen, your property is the sting. <laughs> Delightful. Uh, this is a game that is similar to... Um... It's sting! <laughs> a desert rose in Lilia. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's like the game of life. Uh, but when you land on the squares, it gives you steps to accomplishing the sting instead of to finishing the game of life. Do, Shailen, you get no points for not understanding the property. Do you think that the actual game is simple and sexy or way too complexy? It's simple and sexy, Ben. You did get that one, at least. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna, I will read the back of the box copy to you. Sting or get stung? 
and <laughs> the game looks like it's maybe Monopoly, but with lying involved. <laughs> what? <laughs> How can you lie? Ah, yes, that, that famous line that Robert Redford spoke. You got a sting, oh, I got stung, man. kid. Um, is that oh, even boy. a line in the movie? No. <laughs> no, it is not. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. Choose your number. Um, five. Damn number it. Number five. E.T. Property is E.T., the extraterrestrial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the object of the game is you just have to get E.T. home. And to do that, you have to make your way. It's sort of like a mousetrap game, but you have to avoid the mousetrap or, or like you can't, you don't want to build it, obviously. Um, so in like all the adults around you don't have faces because Spielberg was like, what if we put it in the minds of children? Right. And you, you were viewing it from the minds of the children and you can't see the adults and there, everything's really scary. And, um, uh, at the end of the game, you, instead of the cage, like the mousetrap cage falling on the mouse, you fly away on a bicycle with e- little, a little ET in your, in your plastic basket. Mm-hmm. Okay. The actual game, sim- it's, simple and sexy or way yeah, too it's, complex? It's, uh, the, the actual game is, uh, it should be simple, but it's really complex. Okay. So you were so close to getting two points. The game is, in fact, about getting E.T. home. So I got two points. But then you went really far afield with something that wouldn't even fit into a board game. So you lost no, a half I got, point. I got, I got two points. You got a point and a half out of it. Sounds like I got two points. The game is also One way too back. complexy. I own E.T. the board game. I have no fucking idea how to play it. There's no back-of-the-box copy, but it's this weird circular mess <laughs> where, like, there's a spaceship in the middle. So you are trying to get E.T. to the spaceship, but you have to get the communicator pieces, and there's no clear delineation of where you go. It's insanely complex. I think I've seen this before. Not, like, not in person, but, like, online. Mm-hmm. It looks very hard, which is a shame because, like, who watches E.T., right? Exactly. Kids, kids watch E.T. And, like, who is this game for? Not kids. Like, good luck figuring out that out eight-year-olds. That's, but that's how you play the board game game, you know? Are these, these games really being made for kids, or are they just, I don't know. <laughs> made for money. That's a great point, Shailen. And you know what, Shailen? Now you're going to pick a number. Three. Here's your property. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Oh, fuck. Not Home Alone 1. Because right. you've seen Home Alone 1, the board game. This is Home Alone Two. I had lost to play in New York. Home Alone one sober and pregnant while everyone around me was drunk. And you know what? No one had it's a good time. Johnny Cash song about that. Um, but we're talking about Home Alone two. What do you do in the Home Alone two board game? Home Alone two is largely like Monopoly, and you have to get a space for every place that Kevin McAllister visited. So like Pigeon Lady's bench, Toy Store. Wherever the sick kids are hanging out, maybe an orphanage, it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. And you win the game when you defeat New York. <laughs> <laughs> take take that, Big Apple. You get two points for that idea, minus one point for not saying turtle doves. Damn it. Uh, and uh, an additional zero points for not actually coming close to the idea of the game. So it you're, was, you're, it's a great game. You're at a one point. One point. But let me ask you this, Shailen. The actual Home Alone 2 Lost in New York board game. Simple and sexy? Way too complexy. Way too complexy if Home Alone 1 is anything. You're right, but it's not for the reason you might think. The game itself is very similar to Mousetrap. Okay. Okay. Mousetrap, complex to set up. Not too bad to actually play, but let me read to you how Home Alone 2 Lost in New York is and see if you guys can figure this out. 
set up the contraption and get ready for action. Harry and Marv, the bumbling burglars, are after Kevin again. They've set up tons of traps, and just like in the movie, they're nope. waiting for Kevin to make the wrong move. Nope. It's not land, just like the movie. <laughs> land on a Harry and Marv square, and you get to trigger the traps. But only if Kevin is standing on one of the hazardous X squares, mm-hmm. one trap triggers another, and there are two paths to choose from. So you never know if you'll get a hit or a miss. One trap. One trap triggers Harry and Marv another. did not set the traps. Like There's X squares, there's variables, there's different paths. None not... of it makes sense. One okay. trap. One trap triggers another. The board game should have been Kevin and the Pigeon Lady making it to the top of like Carnegie Hall, like the path they took to get there. And then when you win, she tells you the story of how her, she forgot Turtle to love or whatever. Doves. All right, Dave, you're up. Eight. Yes, you have picked one. We haven't picked the number is eight. And the property, of course. Cheers. Oh, boy. Everybody uh... knows your name, but will you know the game? <laughs> the game is trying to remember people's names <laughs> and i lose because i'm terrible at that uh let's see here the game is involves getting you pick a character from the show mm-hmm. and you have to get them to the bar right and they all have different roles so there's the bartender and the business owner and the you know the the drunk guy and kelsey Grammer and Different roles means different paths and different <laughs> abilities. And so you just have to get the, – the object of the game is just to get to the bar and, and, you know, make sure everybody knows your name. Okay. You're going to get a point and a half. Uh, should have done a three-point scale, but I didn't. You're going to get okay. a point and a half. Like, you're close. You are a Cheers personality. You're not trying to get to the bar and have people know your name. You're trying to get to Sam's office. Oh. For some it's reason, at the bar. But let me yes, read. That is at the bar. Shailen, this is your opponent. This is your opponent. I'm just. Okay. I'm saying the. But game Davis is left wrong. out large swaths of the game, which are very important. Here. No and points. I'm, I'm going to read None. the back of the box copy. Oh, also before I read the back of the box copy, what do you think about the Cheers game? Simple. I've already given you some clues, which I shouldn't have. Simple or oh, really so complex? Obviously complex. Yeah. Way too complexy. That's correct. The game board is the famous Boston bar where, quote-unquote, everybody knows your name, and you're starring as your favorite Cheers personality. Correct responses to zany notes and quotes are rewarded with Cheers tokens, but it's not that easy to keep them. Just when you think you're ahead of the game, an opponent lands one of the dreaded Normie's Uh Olympic spaces. You're challenged to help Normie balance a mug of beer over his head. This is a lot harder than it sounds. If you and Normie drop the mug, you lose one of your tokens, and you need all five colors of Cheers tokens to make it back to Sam's office and win the game. That is similar to, like, if you took out the properties, that is similar to what I had in mind for the Close Encounters of Third Kind game. <laughs> yeah, it's so it, this sounds like, like they had Trivial Pursuit for Cheers, and they said, no, we need to throw in, like, bullshit. Right, 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 right. <laughs> oh, man. It's not that hard to all make right. a game, right? One one that we'll talk about seems incredibly difficult to make. The others right, maybe yeah, not. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm looking but. forward to hearing about the Wings board game. <laughs> All right, Shailen. So the score is six to five, Dave. Dave is winning by a point. Which but, I dispute because you gave him a half point for bullshit, but whatever. What? On Correction, he game. gave me two half points for bullshits. Mm-hmm. That's true. Shailen? Four. Okay. Here's your property. Annie. There's a twist. The name of the game isn't Annie. It's Annie colon the path to happiness. 
to culminate the path to happiness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a child. I'm Can a, I tell you, a, a, a functioning colon is a path to happiness. John, what, how does the path to happiness work for our friend Annie? So, Annie colon the path to happiness is mm-hmm. essentially just sorry. Okay. But it's branded as Annie. That's the whole thing. Like, you don't have to learn about how to survive a hard knock life or like somehow persuade Daddy Warbucks to to keep you and Sandy mm-hmm. alive and in dresses. No, no. It's just a so regular just game. Like, Sorry? Okay. It's just a regular plain old game. So do you think that the Annie board game, simple and sexy? I do. Okay. Shailen, you get the full three Whoa. points on there because yeah, Annie yeah, the yeah. Pagnus actually is remarkably like Sorry. Help Annie escape Miss Hannigan's orphanage in quote unquote happy ending. <laughs> Roll the special <laughs> dice to move Annie forward and earn quote unquote lucky stars, but watch out for Miss Hannigan. If she rolls against you and wins, Annie heads back to the orphanage. I know, much like sorry. And you give back some stars. No matter, because when the orphans work together, earning lucky stars is easy. Whoever has the most stars at the end of the game is the winner. It's a remarkably simple board game. I don't want to tell you that I've seen this board game. But there's a chance I've seen the board game before. Well, you sounded very confident with that. That's how chance works. You know, she picked a good number. All right, Dave. Three numbers left. Three stunning properties. And we haven't somehow we've managed to avoid the main event property so far. Seven. Going number seven. Donnie and Marie Osmond. Yes. <laughs> what <are> you? <laughs> tell me about the Donnie and Marie Osmond game. It is a... It's a party game. Okay. And it's sort of a combination of charades and Pictionary and trivia. Um, There's two teams, and for every question you get right or every picture that your teammate guesses, you get a point. It sort of captures that Donnie and Marie variety hour, you know, je ne sais quoi. I'm going to give you a point because the real game is nothing like you said, but... The board game does bring that Donnie and Marie je ne sais quoi to it. Okay. I think it's crap that, that you're awarding points I mean, because I want to win. That's the only reason. <laughs> Listen, okay. as, the, as the ultimate arbiter, as the dungeon master of this game. Now, Dave, the Donnie and Marie Osmond board game, what do you think? It's a property that should be simple and sexy, especially with the, that Marie, but it is way too complex. Ooh, unfortunately, it is simple and sexy. So it's just oh, like a roll the dice board game. Here's what you do. Be a star. You're a paid TV special performer on tour. Your goal to win the top star award by getting to finish first with at least $10,000. So a very simple game. So Dave, you get a point out of that round. Shailen holds a one point lead. Yeah. Yeah. There's an opportunity here for a tie. Shailen, pick your last number. Six. Yogi Bear. Yogi Bear, the board game. That's correct. But uh, the board game, not part of the title. It's just called Yogi Bear. Hmm. This is a children's game, much like Shoots and Ladders. You're, uh, you're rolling the dice and moving ahead. Sometimes you get a bonus and get to go higher when you get the picnic basket, but occasionally <laughs> Mr. Ranger catches you and you have to go back down the chute. It is simple and sexy. I'm giving you a half point for barely bothering to theme that whatsoever barely yeah that's more effort than you put into that do you get the full point for simple and sexy it's 
yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward. What's interesting is that the copy for this it went on for like four paragraphs, and then I looked at the, the rules, and it was like the easiest game in the world. But here's just a sample. Okay. It was a nice day, and the door was open. The aroma of fresh baked cakes and donuts drifted through the open door. Yogi knew it came from Ranger Smith's headquarters, and he was determined to get a taste of those goodies. Boo Boo told Yogi he could get in really big trouble. Yogi said he would go alone, but Boo Boo knew he would help his friend if he could. And like they just build the narrative over and over and but, over and over. But how do you play the game, Ben? It's kind of like Sorry. Damn it. What I'm really looking for here, mm-hmm. and I would have thought by round nine you would have picked up on this, is like what you're trying to do, not like you roll a dice. Yeah, Shame you're trying you. to catch picnic Shame. baskets Shame. and not get caught by the ranger. Shame. The, the scoring has been completed. Now, Dave, mm-hmm. there's only one number left. You do still have to pick it to avoid mm-hmm. the penalty. What number have we not talked about? I don't think we've gone with nine. Ah, penalty not needing oh, to be applied. No. no, not need to be applied. Number nine is the last one. That was the last number, Dave. The Ooh. property <laughs> is home improvement, but there's a twist. Ooh? Because it's home improvement, colon, the hilarious handyman game. There's more than one? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell me about home improvement, the hilarious hand- handyman game. There's a lot on the there's line There's a here. Couple, couple routes to take here. What's the score, by the way? Uh, you need a perfect three points to win and two and a half points to tie. Oh, shit. So I'll just spoil it. We're probably going to end in a tie, no matter what you say. <laughs> okay. So, all right, all right. You guys ever hear of the game Pop the Pig? Yes. A children's game where you put the hamburgers in when you roll the dice and the the belly gets bigger. There's a home improvement version of this, Mm -hmm. but instead of a pig's belly, it's it's one of the kids, it's Mark's goiter. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) And you roll the dice. And the more dice, you know, the, the, the dice reveals a color or a number. Okay. And then you have to put in that number of power tools mm-hmm. into the hole. And then you, you know, the, the head goes down and the goiter gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then at the end, the goiter, uh, it doesn't pop because it'd be disgusting. Mm-hmm. A little ticker tape comes out of the, the neck oh. and it's a note from the doctor that says it's not cancer. It's just a goiter. And then the noise plays and it goes, Ugh? okay. For the record, yeah, and it's 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 complexity. Mark didn't have a goiter. Randy did. Oh. Randy, Randy. So, okay. all right. Fuck you. I don't like how she can chime in with. You could have chimed in on any well, of listen, mine. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, but uh, that's that's. Uh, I, I'm gonna that, I'm gonna uh, arbitrate th- this foolish okay. argument. Dave, I'm gonna give you a point for creativity. Uh, you could have got an extra point if you had talked about the older son's funny hairdo, but she didn't. Unfortunately, <laughs> Brad. The, the horrifying game you created is nothing close to what <laughs> Home Improvement does. it have to do with tool time? Handyman it probably has is. to do with tool time. Well, I mean, I'll tell you in a moment. Okay. But do you think that the Home Improvement, the hilarious hand- handyman game, is simple and sexy or mind-blowingly complexy? Mind-blowingly complexy. That's correct. Yeah. So, Shailen, you, you've won, the, <laughs> you've won the, the board game game. But, you know, I'm glad we're talking about this one last because I'm probably going to blow up my voice here. I have five <laughs> paragraphs of box copy to read you guys. And I will tell you, I edited this down. This is not even everything that's on the back of the box. There's only one editorializing for me, but everything else will be pretty straight. So it's too racy, right? <laughs> here we go. A fast-paced romp. Uh, and here's my note. The back of the board bo- says, 
60 to 90 minutes is the expected round uh, in this fast-paced romp. Through your own home with nothing but your tool belt to guide you. Shailen, imagine living in the same neighborhood as Tim Taylor. He's the host of a popular home repair show called Tool Time. Tim loves to take what he's learned about home improvements from his tailor-made experiences. Like the day he had to knock out the bathroom wall because the new whirlpool wouldn't fit through the door. His wife, Jill, was not happy. Then there was the time he rewired the dishwasher and it blew up. And then there's like four more stories about things that happened on the show. Yada, yada. You'll start the game off with a pocket full of cash and a fistful of jobs that need to be completed around your home. The object of the game is to complete these jobs as fast as you can and earn $50,000 equity in your home. The first neighbor to do this is the winner. If you think this sounds easy, you better hold on to your tool belt. Because along the way, Tim will probably come over to help you. Oh, no. You'll need to seek advice from Wilson, the tailor's neighbor. <laughs> if you find yourself in over your head, you can always seek help from the guys at K&B Construction or get some professional advice from Al. You could combine forces with Jill Taylor to have a garage sale. You might even have a run-in with Al's mom. So get the Tool Time gang together, play Home Improvement, the hilarious handyman game, and let the smell of overheated engine, the scream of saber saws, and the flash of blowing fuses get your adrenaline flowing. That's a lot. Sounds fun. I was like, is it like a wagering game? And then it got into you could have a yard sale or you could talk to Al or meet uh, Are those – maybe those are like cards you play and you can – like it's like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, oh, you did a yard sale and you get the money back or you don't lose the money or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would never want to play that game. No. I died laughing when like the first line is a fast-paced ROM and then at the bottom it's like time <laughs> 60 to 90 minutes. Fast-paced at 60 minutes. That's right. Did you guys play Labyrinth, the game, with us? No. Okay. All right. So that was me. I'm not sad I didn't. That was me. My, you should be. Uh, that was me, my wife, and our, our sometimes co-hosts, Kendall and Emily. We sat down to play Labyrinth. Oh, you, you gave me that game, Ben, for, for Christmas one year. Absolutely, I did. And we were like, oh, like this would be, like, that movie's fun, right? It's a, it's a joyous romp. You know, there's kind of crazy things happening. No, it was so arduous. We read the instructions, or one of us read the instructions because they weren't mm-hmm. drunk, and none of us got it. We eventually got it within like 20 minutes, which is like a fun game, right? Like, <laughs> oh, it took 20 minutes to get this game. To get through the directions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was, oh, my God. It was awful. And it like had very little to do with the Bog of Eternal Stench or <laughs> David Bowie's Weird Bulge. Like, nothing was, nothing was there. These games need to be... More fun. Less mechanic. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, all the board games now are just, they're crazy. They're fun, I guess. Shailen and I played a Back to the Future game. That's a fun game, but it takes it a couple rounds to figure it out. It took us maybe 45 minutes to figure it out, and then it was so complex and rigged against us winning that I just simplified the rules to an insane degree so that we would actually win. That's what how it goes sometimes. I, what I liked about it was that at the end of it, we were in, like, you worked together to accomplish the same goal, so it wasn't me getting grumpy because ben schooled me like when we play scrabble mm-hmm. and it wasn't me going like oh whoops the board flipped over because bank error in Jesus, my favor take it easy uh wrong and you? you lose ben i win um because i'm a bad friend when we play board games together yeah, you just won this game fucking relax so i take like back w. to the future because dabbling this anger no, but what I'm saying is I'd like Back to the Future because it's cooperative instead of combative. You put that phone down and your anger level went from like a 10 to a 7. 
If I had my phone in my hand when I was saying it, it would have been exactly the same. You better I, watch out because I'll revoke your board game game win immediately. Like I, this. I don't like playing Monopoly with Ben. That's the power of being the host of the board well, game. Well, it's because Monopoly's terrible. Uh, I, one time I, I've won. You haven't played Rick and Morty Monopoly. There's a Pickle Rick space. Oh, shit. <laughs> There's a Council of Rick space. I just bought Pickle Rick, bitch. There's <laughs> a Mr. Meeseeks space. I beat my wife in Monopoly. She's like a she really good at Monopoly. I beat her just because um, I wouldn't trade anything with her. And the game just kept going and going and going. We had like equal amount of property. <laughs> you um, grind her down. And I, I just ground her down. It was just, it was a game of attrition. Um, it, it was like maybe one in the morning and I was like, I can keep going. And she's like, I have to quit. I'm like, I win. I win. You forfeited. It was the best Monopoly victory ever. In the first year that Ben and I were dating, there was a bad snowstorm. And I was with him and his little brother playing Monopoly. And we were like, we're going to hunker down for the storm. It'll be easier to shovel out this way, just the way the cars worked out. And he made an off-board deal with his little brother that ruined me. And I will never play Monopoly with Ben. Oh, by the way, I'm amending this week's mailbag to be, talk about board game memories. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yours, uh, uh, Brian Ord Uh, game. uh, Milton Bradley. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead, Ben. Board games are great, except when people don't play right. Uh, I seem to recall a time playing Risk, trying to play serious Risk. <laughs> and certain people at a party were drunk and ruined the game. No, we I didn't. I didn't ruin anything. I got banned from the room, ruined so I the couldn't game? ruin it. and I didn't do anything. I was banned from the room. I just like, I, I do legitimately enjoy buying these like bullshit like movie games. Like I bought the... On a drunken whim, the Star Trek the motion picture for <laughs> <laughs> recently. It's really complex. I don't understand. Oh, the, it. The, the, the game based on the show about diplomacy. You don't say it's complex. Yeah. Oh, but like, I, you know, the Labyrinth game, like there's big budget games and like complex games that are fun. But give me like, I don't know. Give me the home improvement game. <laughs> like, it seems like a fucking weird thing. Give me the Save by the Bell game. Give me the California Dreams game. Hell, give me the Visionaries oh, game. Oh, man. If oh, man. The California Dreams game, you just had to write your own songs, and people like clapped for you after you sang it, and that was the game. I'd be totally into that. Like Nobody wins. Nobody, nobody fights. You don't, get, you don't get points or anything. It's just you just write songs, and people clap. I was raised in a house where we played only uber traditional board games, so we played chess. We played Parcheesi, which is often also Pacheesi, depending on which version you have. Uh, Pacheesi. Legitimately, some boxes say Pacheesi, and some say uh. Parcheesi, and I always thought it was my parents saying it wrong, but as it turns out, no. And backgammon. And my mom played a lot of cribbage, but I was never good enough at the numbers to be able to do it. So when I play the games that are like themed and have like complex shit going on, I'm always really overwhelmed because it, like the most complex I ever got was like, all right, your rook goes up and down, left and right. You can move your bishop on the diagonal. And it would get like really fucking intense, but it was never like intrigue. It was always just like, who, <laughs> who's controlling <laughs> yeah, like it, the it, four yeah, squares in the middle of the board? That's all anyone cares about. I remember I was at a party and someone was like, hey, let's play a board game. I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. There's a bunch of people there. And it was this, this was recent. So it was like one of the, like the new, it wasn't, 
Ticket to Ride, but like I think the people who made Ticket to Ride, mm-hmm. so like a, a new board game maker, and they were like, yeah, it's a time traveling game. I was like, okay, whatever. And then the rules were so complex that everyone just walked away from mm-hmm. the person who knew the <laughs> rules, and we did not play the game at all. It was like, this sucks. And then another time, it was, it was the same party, it was another game, they were reading the rules, and they pretty much just did the game. They just like were like, we were like, let's do a dry run. And instead of like everybody getting it and like, all right, I'm going to take this turn, I guess I'll do this. The guy who read the instructions was just sort of moving everyone for them. Mm. And it was like, this isn't fun either because I'm not doing anything. There are some board games that are too complex to play. Like, I don't want to have to, like, I don't mind thinking, right? But I don't want to have to like strain myself to figure out this game. Yeah. Definitely. And it, it also depends on like the atmosphere and who's there with you. Like mm-hmm. playing Balderdash with people who are taking it not that seriously, but having a lot of fun can be very fun. But playing Balderdash with a group of people who are like really focusing on how many spaces they get to take on the board, because a lot of people forget that like there's also a game board that you're trying to like advance your piece on. I've never played it that way. I've never played it. A- Oh yeah, yeah. No, we you have played it that way, and it's not fun. I played it that way. So tell me why. Like you have to. The the board games depend so much upon the personality of the people playing it. How long will he go, Dave? Go forever, listeners. We want to hear from you. What what board games do you like? Hashtag. You never gave yours. He got game. Are you bored yet? My favorite board game is the He Got Game board game. <laughs> you're playing as Denzel Washington's character. You're trying to stay out of prison. Oh, is it? No, that's the one where you're, uh, you you play as Ray Allen's character, and you have to get oh, into a three. You mean Jesus Shuttle? That's right, yeah. Yes. <laughs> hmm. That's right. Hmm. Anyway, so we've won far, far afield, but now we're back to the world of science. Hmm. And now it's dead again, and now we're in the world of visionaries. Any final thoughts? If anyone wants to send a message to the WatchBots email address to explain to me what we watched this week, that would be real helpful. What is that address, Shaylin? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's watchbotspod at gmail.com. That is an alias address. You can also send it to email at watchbotspod.com. Three and a half. I tricked you. I didn't know that either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my final thoughts on visionaries? Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch this again. I do want those toys, though. $300. You can get the whole set. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, tax money. I've been, tax yeah, money. Do, do I spend $300 on all those um, Ninja Turtle villains uh, on eBay that I've looking been looking at? Or the Visionary set? I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But One or the other. I can't spend 600 Investment bucks. property. <laughs> yes, it's a... That's <laughs> an investment. Something. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's the new cryptocurrency is old toys. And it sure is worth more than gold. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Johnny Dugooder out here is going to tell you that cartoons that are exist strictly to peddle cheap plastic toys are bad. But here's what I say: they're wrong. They're wrong because cartoons like this are essential to learning about how the world works and how the world's going to work. And that's why Visionaries is great. And also, it's just a wonderful, well scripted show about <laughs> the future. Meeting the past, science and crumble into the ground, and magic and faith 
coming back. It's a Christian parable. Thank it you. It was like Tolkien meets Ernest Klein. Thank you, Flint Dilly. <laughs> meets Ernest. <laughs> meets Ernest saves <laughs> Christmas. You know what I mean, Bird? All right. Well, you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, all them places at WatchBotsPod. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Feel free to get in touch at uh, either WatchBotsPod at gmail.com or email at WatchBotsPod.com. The fun thing is they both go to the same place, and that's right to me, baby. For Dave and for Shalyn, thank you for listening to another episode of WatchBots. And as promised, Shalyn is going to spend the next four and a half minutes singing Shallow. I don't know the song at all, so that it's not going to go well. I hung myself in the rope was long. I wish it was shallow, low, 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 low. And you hung me from the gallow, low, 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 lows. And if you watch that new Guillermo del Toro movie, you'll see my... Uh, my, 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 my Jimmy. Hashtag Bradley's Cooper. Damn it. All right, goodbye. <laughs>